You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast, where we celebrate vulnerability and shameless living. No topic is off limits when you're chatting with your besties. Let's own our worth and walk empowered towards truth together. Hey friends, it is just Catherine today, but I am so excited to be joined by two of my besties for the resties, two of my ride or dies. We are joined today by Liz Brantley, a former guest on the podcast, and our dear friend Catherine Van Eden. Today we are going to dive into um, what it looks like to navigate friendships as a quote-unquote adult, um, what it's like to navigate long-distance friendships, how to be intentional, how to be loving, how to show grace, and all the things in between. I know you're going to get a lot of good little nuggets of truth from these two amazing women. So without any further ado, let's get right into my chat with Catherine and Liz. All right. Hey, Soul Sisters. I am joined here today virtually with my two besties. One is Liz. You have met her before. She is all the way in old Greenville, North Carolina. That's right. Shout out. Go Pirates. And then we have the other Catherine, the better Catherine, also (laughs) here. And she's all the way in Oregon on the other side of the world. (laughs) Hey, Hey, y'all. I'm so glad that we're hanging out here today. Um, Let's go ahead and I'm going to let y'all introduce who you are. So maybe like raise your hand and tell our listeners a little bit about who, just for me, so we don't have, you know, static. Tell your listeners about who you are, what you do, kind of give them a little insight into who Liz and Catherine are. All right, so I'll go first, just because it's easier, because hashtag been here, done this. So, (laughs) just kidding. Um, But I'm Liz. I am the women's pastor here at Ignite Church in Greenville, have been for a couple years now, and I just basically get the privilege of um, doing ministry and loving on the women and college students that we have here at Ignite. We also have a big college ministry, which I get to be a part of. Um, prior to COVID, we averaged about 300 students each week. Now in COVID, we probably average around 150, um, which is still amazing. But yeah, I just have the privilege of being able to do ministry and, and love on people um, day in and day out here in Greenville. So. Thanks, Liz. Welcome back. Thanks. Glad to be back. <laughs> Y'all, so I am Catherine with a C. Um, and I live in Wilsonville, Oregon, which is just south of Portland, but I used to live in Wilmington. So shout out to that. Um, and my background is, so I'm an athletic trainer. My background is primarily in college athletics, but um, I transitioned out of college athletics and now I work at an orthopedic office um, working with a joint replacement surgeon. So um, yeah, it's been a really different transition for the last year, year and a half, um, but I've been grateful for it. So yeah, that's that's what I do here. Cool. Well, this episode is We've had a lot of listeners DM us or reach out um, via email asking us like how to build community and how to make friends as an adult, which I think we can all say is one of the hardest things as an adult to do. Um, But we three all met each other in our mid-20s, so as adults after college. 
Um, and I just thought it would be cool to kind of get a conversation going about our story. And I realize it's not everyone's story and it's still very different, but hopefully you listeners can get a few nuggets out of just like how to navigate friendships as an adult, what long distance friendships look like and everything in between, and hopefully take away some like really cool tips and tools to build community wherever you are. So let's maybe talk about now how like the three of us met as adults. (laughs) I'm just thinking about uh, me and Catherine's meeting story was so sad. (laughs) So I'm going to start with that. (laughs) Okay. You start on it and I'll fill in. Yeah. Fill in. So Catherine and I went to the same church, which is a great place to meet people. Um, but we had both just gone through really horrible breakups and we were just really sad at the same time. And breakups as a high school, college student, adult, doesn't matter what age you are, they just suck. (laughs) So, um, we were both going through a really sucky time and we kind of knew of each other. We had, we're like acquaintances, like we greeted each other in the lobby and that was about it. And then upon finding out about our mutual breakups, we were like, we actually should probably hang out and like cry together. <laughs> yeah. So I had seen that you had broken up and, um, we were, I think at like a women's event and I just had this like move in my spirit. And I just walked up to you and said, I'm Catherine. Like, I think we should know each other, like get coffee or something. Um, because I knew what I was going through, but I also knew what you were going through. Um, and we did, we just, you had me over for dinner. We drank wine out of your beautiful, like tall glasses and we just cried and shared. And it was just like such a solemn, but also partnered event. It was sort of like, Hey, I see you and I'm with you and whatever it is you're going through, whatever mess you bring to the table, like I'm here for it. Oh, I mean, we could just do the podcast there. Also, (laughs) you'll learn as you listen to Catherine's sweet voice that she's just like the most like wise, she she strings together the most like beautiful sentences and like words and phrases. It's just like, you're going to get so many nuggets out of that. You too, Liz, but like, (laughs) let's be real. (laughs) I'm a little more rough around the edges. (laughs) Yeah. so, So yeah, meeting, I think the thing to take away from that which is huge as an adult is you just have to like kind of get awkward and put yourself in situations that maybe aren't that comfortable. Like going up to someone at a women's event and saying like, I think we should be friends is not normal, but it breaks the seal and it really gets you in the door to have like real authentic friendships instead of just like surface level ones. So way to go, Kat. Yeah. I was sitting here trying to think, I obviously remember meeting you Catherine on the beach Yep. I was sitting here trying to remember how I met Catherine with a C, I and I don't was, remember. I think it was at Dockside. What, didn't me? Well, that's where we met. We met at Dockside. Yeah. Liz and I. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember that. So I, <laughs> Catherine and I went to Dockside for a drink, and you met us out there. And okay, okay. Yes, okay, I'm back. I Carly remember now. Was there. Carly was there. It was like a, my mom was there. I think it was like a group. I'm of back. Us. I'm back. I'm back. I have, <laughs> yep. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Well, the thing that I was going to say to that was it just felt like once you two met, I almost like automatically just gained a friend because of the connection that y'all made. So it was like 
it wasn't this big whole long drawn out process or an awkward moment necessarily it was just me being willing to like meet my friends friends which sometimes that can be weird because it's like someone has to be that bridge that gaps between the two and I personally am not good at that like I don't like mixing groups of people together but I'm really glad that you decided to do that at apparently Dockside because um, now I got two Catherines. Now we can make a little sandwich. Yeah, I think our friendship um, started like with Catherine as a bridge. Um, but we, I think Catherine was out of town at one point and you and yeah. I, I was like, do you want to go walk the loop? And mm-hmm. oh boy. <laughs> I remember that. I remember Did that. We go sure. deep. <laughs> On that day is where all your secrets come out. I felt like that was a really big turning point for our friendship, sort of becoming a little bit more of our own and like created Mm -hmm. less of less requiring a bridge and a bit more of like, okay, we each have unique friendships Mm -hmm. with one another and a really special connection all together. Yeah. That sometimes is the hardest part. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I want to hear what you have to say. I was going to say that sometimes that's like the hardest part is making those individual friendships within a group. And sometimes like, I think like in college, we had this mentality of like, we're all one unit, we have to be together. But when you become an adult, you realize that like, you can have personal relationships with people and still be a group. It's a yes and situation where it's like, I can be friends with both of you, Catherine's, and it's totally okay if I hang out with both of you or if I just hang out with one of you. It's not that like, we have to do everything together, which we ended up doing majority of the things together anyway, just because we loved each other. But there was never like animosity if it like the two of y'all went out and did something and I wasn't there. I just realized that like, y'all have your own relationship and I don't need to always be a part of all of that. And so it takes a developing of character in yourself, of a confidence in the friendships that you have, that you can have individual friendships with people and it can still be really good. You don't all have to be this big conglomerate that goes together because that wouldn't work out anymore seeing as how we all live in different places. Totally. It's not, it's less clicky. I feel like in college Mm -hmm. and high school, you have a click and Mm -hmm. it was almost awkward sometimes when you hung out outside of the click with just one person, you like needed the crew where now it's, Mm -hmm. you're right. As an adult, it's very like much more individualized. Um, Mm -hmm. okay. So we've been through a lot in the last, what, five, how long have we been friends? (laughs) Wait, how did you and Liz meet? Oh, we met on on the beach. beach. Well, we met, um, which we've kind of already said this with our listeners, but we met in at OU years ago when I was a college student, Liz was visiting a friend Mm -hmm. from OU that she went on a mission trip Mm -hmm. with. And I was on campus and bumped into this friend who I also knew and Liz on campus. And then fast forward, like four years, I am on the beach in Wilmington, North Carolina, living there now. And Liz is on the beach and we are like, wait, I think we've met. And then we made the connection. We're like, whoa, won't he do it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we don't really count that first one, but it's just like a cool, like, wow. So yeah, we, but we've both, we've all been friends for anywhere between like four and six years at that point at this point in our life. So we became friends later on, which is always harder to do. And since we've become friends, life has hit the fan. I'm looking all around because it's been everywhere. So (laughs) let's maybe dive into like navigating friendships as an adult and just how different life is. Like you're not, I'll just start with saying like in college, it's really easy to have friends because you all live in the same place. You all go to the same 
campus, you all go to the same events. And it, as an adult, your schedule changes, your living situation changes, and it's a lot busier and messier. So it's a little bit harder to kind of stay as a unit. It takes a little more effort. And sometimes mm -hmm. you don't have the effort to give. So we can kind of dive mm -hmm. into that. Yeah, I think it, you kind of alluded to it that as an adult, friendships in general take intentionality. And I think because they take such intentionality of like the times where you hang out are usually planned times. They're not spontaneous like they were in college, that there's a beginning and end time scheduled to those things. Or even, you know, with us now being living apart, there's a lot of plans and details that go into us getting to the same place. So there's a lot of intentionality. And because of that, I think it actually makes the relationship deeper because there's so much more buy-in that you have in those relationships. And so honestly, I remember thinking in college, oh my gosh, these people are going to be my best friends for the rest of my life. And I maybe talked to one of them now, maybe two of them. And so, but it was just because those were friends of convenience. Whereas now that I'm out of college in the real world, living my life, all of my friendships now are things that I have to intentionally seek after that I have to prioritize and that I have to invest in. But all of those, while that requires something of me, the return that I get is very deep, very real, very abiding friendships that I haven't had in other seasons of my life. I like what you said about a buy-in. I never thought about that. There is a buy-in. Mm -hmm. That's really good. I'm going to write that Thanks. down. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Write it down, honey. End quote, Liz Brailing. I think that, um, I feel like two things came to mind. Let me see if I can remember both. But one was um, something that I kind of learned in single life. I think it was from um, a book by Henry Cloud, maybe. Anyways, I can't remember. But it was basically, it was like advice for singles. Like if you want to get married or date, um, you have to kind of like increase your traffic a little bit. Like you can't Otherwise, you're just going to marry the UPS man because that's the one who comes to your door, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that got me good. And so I mean, I'm still looking for him. So if he wants I to think, date, that's fine too. I think the same thing really kind of applies to friendships. Like, unless you want to just be best friends with the UPS man or the guy that drops stuff out of the Amazon guy who drops stuff off on your doorstep, you kind of have to increase your traffic a little bit. You got to, if you're involved with church, like join a team. If you're not involved with church, but have something that you're interested in, do that. Like join a club or um, a gym or a gym and do exercise classes and meet the person next to you. It, it does take, it's not effortless. You know, you do mm -hmm. kind of have to step out a little bit and be willing to, um, you don't have to be a person. Like, I think there's a misconception a little bit that you have to be a person who just shares everything immediately. And not everybody is like that. Some people are like that, but some people super are not and don't feel comfortable with that. But I think maybe doing a self-evaluation of what things do you feel comfortable sharing? Because I think that's what other people can latch onto or connect with. But if you don't share anything about yourself, it's pretty hard to build relationships um, just straight off the ground with nothing to connect over. Um, so being willing to kind of self-explore and figure out what are some things that I would be willing to share with a new person, with a new friend, um, or a new potential friend and see what happens from there. That's really good. Yeah. Um, also what I just thought about, which I'm starting to forget right now is, oh no, I just remembered it. Okay. So 
when I moved to Wilmington, I remember thinking like, I'm the only one who doesn't have any friends or I'm the only one who feels alone or feels isolated. Mm. It's so, it's such a lie. That's universal. Everyone, Everyone who is, especially in this season of life, like mid twenties to even like, I mean, really just for the rest of our lives, you are so not alone in feeling isolated or alone or feeling awkward about walking up to someone at church or on the beach. Like everyone is just waiting for someone to make the move. So if not you, then who kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I think it's easy for us to put ourselves in a corner a little bit and be like, oh, well, I'm not done with college. Oh, I'm not, um, you know, yet into my career. Oh, I'm not dating. Oh, I'm not married. Oh, I don't have kids. Oh, I don't have three kids. Like it's so easy to count yourself out no matter what, but all those people who are in that phase that you just quote unquote, aren't quite there yet or not yet in that space, they were once in your space and they are the same person just with some additional things like Mm -hmm. tiny humans or something. Um, They still need friends too. Just because they Mm -hmm. have kids doesn't mean like, oh, we can't relate. Like human to human, woman to woman, girl, you can relate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Since we've, since we've become friends in the last five years, we have gone through a lot. I'd say the biggest thing, well, one of the biggest things for the three of us that we can all relate it relate to is moving <laughs> to a different place and then having to maintain friendships from a distance. Mm-hmm. How would you say, or what would you say is your best way of navigating a long distance friendship? Cause it might look different from someone else's best way. Yeah, I think, uh, so for me personally, I'm not great at the text message, phone call thing. I I try, but because I have so, this is going to sound vain, but I have so many people trying to communicate with me all the time because of my jobs and the the different areas that I'm being pulled in that sometimes like my text messages just become white noise. Like I don't even know who's there or what I'm responding to. And so because of that, Um, I am very much, I would rather just show up at your doorstep kind of friend. And like, even when we all lived in the same city, I think that was the thing that made us the most connected is that we spent so much time together. Like, and it wasn't even necessarily doing things. It was just being together. And so I try and incorporate that in my life now still of just like, I, I go to places, I go to people's houses, I go to things like that. And so like with Catherine and Wilmington, as you guys know, I've showed up there you know, many, many times, especially recently with um, the quarantine and everything, uh, because that's just how I best kind of like express my love because I'm fully there and I'm fully engaged. Whereas like through a text message, I could, it can feel like you're just one of the 15 people I'm having to reply to right now that it doesn't seem super personal to me. So I try and like make my best efforts to be able to like go and do now with Catherine with a C living all the way on the other side of the world that's not as easy but um you know like for her wedding we were able to go out there for that and spend some time with her before and and, and whatnot and um again I think it all just goes back to intentionality and pouring into places and with the understanding that it's going to cost you something but again you get something in return like 
it's going to cost me gas money. It's going to cost me, you know, giving up my personal weekend plans or whatever it is to be able to go and do those things. But every time I do it, there's a really great reward in that I'm so filled personally because that quality time is unparalleled to anything else. I think it's also like Catherine and I, and I can relate to you on the text message thing. I'm not a great texter. We all know this, but I think that Catherine and I know that about you. So we're never going to be offended if we send you a text and you don't respond. I think in the beginning we might've been, but now we're like, whatever. <laughs> it's, it's just That's Liz. just Liz. <laughs> but I think it's good to know that about your friends too. Like knowing how they communicate, how they best give and receive love and, and honing in on those things instead of having these grand expectations that you're always going to be, that are always going to fail because you have your mindset on one thing when really that's not how they love well, or that's not how they receive love either. And it, 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 that's exactly it is learning how people give and receive that love. And then not just always looking through your lens in how to do that. So like, I know that Catherine in Oregon, she does like the follow-up. She does like those little thoughts, those little extra touches, those, how are you doing like that kind of stuff. And so I try, you know, I fail a lot, but I try and be intentional about reaching out in those capacities too, because I can't do the things that I would naturally do to express my love. I'm going to die to myself a little bit and love her in the way that I know she receives love by doing the things that I may not necessarily want to do. And so it's not just necessarily how can I give and receive love that works best for me, but making sure how can I give and receive love that works best for them. And that's what makes long distance friendships even possible is because of the give and take that goes back and forth. Yeah, that's huge. Just because you don't love a certain way doesn't mean you just give up on that type of loving. You still have to meet mm -hmm. people where they're at. I think mm -hmm. you, yeah, I think that's a good point. You can't just give up on people when they don't receive, like give or receive love the way that you do. Um, but I do think that empathy piece is super, super important. If every time Liz like didn't text me back or something and I was like, oh, she hates me or whatever. Like the best thing that I can do is like love her the way that, you know, like extend to her. Oh, she probably, she loves me the exact same. And she didn't text me back. Like those two aren't the same thing. Um, and that's a, like, it's important to look through your friend's eyes as best you can. Like they're looking at facing, especially long distance relationships, they're looking at and facing um, trials and tribulations that you often know nothing about. Their days mm -hmm. don't involve you, you know? And so you have no idea what they're facing because you're not in those minute details that you were when you were um, like in same city friendships. Mm -hmm. um, and that's so important to like look through another person's eyes and just give them the grace that they need and also love them on, you know, on their terms so that they can feel your love coming, you know, their way. Yeah. And I think that's something that's really hard is it's really rare to have the type of friendships where you just show up at their door or you spend all these time together. Like, I think that was hard for me to accept after y'all moved because it was so accessible for us to yeah. go on, go and walk the loop or go to dinner or like not really have a huge plan, but go get a drink that night. And it, it was easy. And then not every season of life is easy, especially with friendships. Like sometimes you have those 
those years where you and your bestie are in the same season of life where you're both maybe single or both maybe dating at the same time or both just getting married at the same time or having kids at the same time and it syncs up and that's great. But most of the time it's not like that. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. giving yourself, you, you touched on it huge cat is grace, like giving seasons grace, not just yourself and your yeah. friends grace, that's good. But giving the whole season grace. Like if there's anything I've learned growing up is that grace is what we are constantly needing 24 seven and need to give 24 mm-hmm. seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's, I, you know, I feel like I could be way better on just like, because I love the follow-up and the dialogue or like a FaceTime bomb, like I'm here for that, you know, but I know that y'all are like live such, such busy lives and the time difference can be really tricky for mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But I feel like I could do a way better job of like just dropping a, Hey, I'm thinking about you. Hey, I'm praying for you. Hey, I love you without any like, Oh, I don't, I didn't like, no need to text me back. Just wanted you to know that I'm thinking about you. I feel like I could do a way better job of like loving y'all in that way. I think the thing about life is we could, we could all do better. (laughs) And that's where grace comes in. Like we just need it 24 seven. And I think that I grew up where in a way where like my girlfriends were my world. Like I've always had just really solid girlfriends, like a group. Mm -hmm. And this is the first season of my life where I do have the soul girls and I love all of them dearly, but I don't have like a a crew like y'all where I show, you know, you just show up for each other at all times of the day and you're constantly hanging out and you're in and out of every single part of your life. That's something that I'm struggling with. So if you're a listener and you're, you feel isolated in that way, like you're definitely not alone. You know, someone might seem like they have it all together or they have these like really amazing friendships and I do but it's not the same as the season before this I can admit that Mm -hmm. it's not the same Mm -hmm. as the season with Mm y'all and my next two years might be the best season of friendships it's just unpredictable you know yeah yeah and that's okay like I think the biggest hindrance that we have is when we take the expectations of one season into our reality of another season And so that leaves us just not living in the season we're supposed to be in. You know, it's so important to remember that God doesn't make mistakes in placing us in the places that we are. And even if it wasn't necessarily God's intention, God gives us grace for the times where we're in seasons that or places that we, he might not have wanted for our lives. And so what I'm saying is we have to make sure that we are fully in the season that we're in and understanding that our God only gives good gifts. And so if, if that's true, which it is, then the season that we're in is good, even if it doesn't feel that way right now. But we have, we so many times rob ourselves of the season that we're in because we have such longings for what once was or what could be instead of just being where we're at. And that's not to say that the season doesn't suck at times. Like I am fully aware that the season can still have its great sucky moments. But for whatever reason, God still has you there. So there's something to glean from that in that time. So don't rob yourself of learning all the value by looking at what 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 once was or what could be, because there's no guarantee that it'll go back to how it was. But like cherish that. It was really beautiful. I love that season of my life. Okay, God, what do you have in this season? Because you've allowed it to be different. What are you trying to grow in me? What are you trying to reveal in me? What are you trying to take away in me? 
how are you trying to make me into more like you in this season without the expectation that it has to be just like the one that it was before, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense. You're preaching to my soul. I, I need to believe that more. I think, mm. especially in this, I, I just feel like it's been a hard year. So it's hard to like think it's like, Oh, but I do want it to go back to what it was <laughs> or I do want what could be, but it is so true. Like, my mom used to always say, or she still kind of does sometimes and it's whatever, but she says there's like friendship friends are for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And it's the same with like scenarios, like this scenario is, or this timing in life is for a reason, a season or a lifetime. So I also think, cause I've heard that phrase recently and I've heard it of course before, but, um, I also think your lifetime friends aren't necessarily the same friends that walk with you through every season. I think that you have lifetime friends who are there for a lifetime. Regardless. But um, my therapist actually said to me recently, she said, you haven't met all the people that you're going to love and you haven't met all the people that are going to love you. And Mm. I just thought that was so impactful. Like sometimes you walk dead square into a season that you are completely blindsided by. You have no idea which way is up or down or left or right. And your lifetime friends might be doing like going through a season of their very own where they can't, you know, so then you got two blind people like trying to navigate their way out. You might need like a separate crew of people to help you navigate through that particular season that God is going to send your way because he will send you help. Um, That is so good. And so keep in mind that, you know, your lifetime friends, I feel like, you know, the three of us are lifetime friends and we haven't Mm -hmm. walked every deep, dark tunnel together. Sometimes we've needed other people to kind of carry that certain, certain tunnels or certain smaller seasons. I think generally we've walked to the big ones together, but you mm-hmm. know, some of those smaller ones, we needed a different crew for that time. And it's not because y'all aren't seasonal for or, or that y'all are seasonal friends. Yeah. No, you're lifers, yeah. but sometimes we've got, sometimes yeah. we've got a different crew for different seasons. Because of, I think it's- because of placement and timing, like you can't physically walk through everything with me because you're not here. So I need yeah. someone who's more geographically available for this thing and then someone for this thing. And you're so right. Like, yeah. And that doesn't diminish the relationship. Like just because I can't walk with you in a season doesn't automatically take me out of the lifetime friend group. Like it can be a yes and situation, which honestly, Catherine, that was the biggest lesson you ever taught me in my entire life, that two truths can exist at the same time. Like, two contradictory can, truths can coexist. Yeah, like, yes, I can be a lifetime friend of yours, and I'm not there to be with you as you're walking through whatever you're in right now. Like, both of those can exist at the same time, and I think that, especially as women, we try and categorize and make sense of our lives in every facet. And so even in friendships, we're trying to categorize, okay, this friend is here, this friend is here, this friend is here. And it gets messy when in reality, they bleed into other places, but that's not the plain, perfect organized box that we want it to be. And we get frustrated by that, but it's so important for us to remember that like my inability to walk with you in a season doesn't therefore make me less of a friend. It just means that God is going to give you other people to walk in those seasons and then I'm just still going to be there no matter what, because I'm your ride or die. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that is so good. And, and also I've learned as an adult, 
in a, some really very hard ways is that some friendships aren't for a lifetime that you expect mm-hmm. to be. Some mm-hmm. are, mm. some do yep. go away, some fade, some for the best and some maybe it's hard, but sometimes your friendships aren't for forever. And accepting mm-hmm. that is a huge thing, I think, to learn that maybe maybe you were just for that season of life and that's okay. It doesn't make me any worse of a friend or you any worse of a friend. It just means that was a season. Mm-hmm. You're not a lifer and it's okay. Yeah. I have just a pressing on my heart to die, to go back a little bit to that, um, to the yes and. Um, so that was also something I learned in therapy. If you've never done therapy. I mean, you gotta, you what gotta are you waiting for? It's 2020. Why are you not in counseling um, of some sort? But that was, you know, what Liz just touched on. That was a huge breaking, like, unlocking for me was um this learned idea that two contradictory coexisting or like two two contradictory truths could coexist at one time so i could feel both angry and sad or angry and hopeful um or you know i could feel super disappointed and also excited for something else or the same thing whatever like Mm -hmm. i think we as women get really locked down in singular truths and try to get everything to fit inside of that. Um, and it can really trap us. And so, I don't know, maybe that's a, a word for the soul fam, just like maybe do a deep dive into your, into your life, exploring whether or not you have something that you're like butting heads against inside your spirit and see maybe there's two things that just need to be accepted in their own identity, like two feelings that you have or two ideas that you have. I both want to live here, but I want to do this thing. Like, can they both coexist just for a moment while you explore them both? Um, Because when we try to shove one out, I think we end up shoving part of our spirit out. Um, Mm. But allowing them both to kind of come up, bubble up to the surface can be a really freeing experience. Mm-hmm. You better preach. That's good, sweetie. That's good. That's some we good advice right there. Compartmentalizing, you know, and just go all in. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that, that's, that was so good. <laughs> <laughs> Queen of the transitions here. <laughs> My gift is transitioning. Um, but transitioning, I do want to ask y'all, I feel like that was like the best advice we could give anyone is just to, you know, have grace, explore the yes and, and be intentional, loving your friends. So moving on to the final four questions, the final four, which I, Liz has already answered, but you know, our answers change all the time. So we'll just go into those. What is something that y'all are not together, but you are binging or obsessed with right now? And it doesn't have to be a TV show. It could be like a food, a (laughs) I got two. I got, I got two things that I'm currently binging. You go ahead, girl. One is Big Brother. I never knew. I never knew about Big Brother. You never knew until until you until you introduced me. And so it was funny because I have two friends here, um, Rob and Femi. They're married, and it was in the same week that you, Catherine, had asked me, "Do I watch Big Brother?" That they asked me if I would start watching it with them, and so I was like. 
this has to be God, even though it's not. I mean, that show is not, but <laughs> I think it is. I just felt it. I felt it in my, my spirit that this was a good thing to do. So one is Big Brother. And then somehow, I don't know how Big Brother made this transition, but Rob, Femi, and I have been binging through Survivor because there's 40 seasons of it. So it's like, why would you not? <laughs> and so we've basically just been going through all the like crazy moments of Survivor. I've watched three seasons now out of the 40. So we're getting there. Is that we're a real going, fact? 40, 40? Yeah. 40, yeah. It was the first, well, besides Real World on MTV, Survivor and Big Brother were the first two reality shows. Yeah. So, and, and it's just been going. Uh-huh. I mean, I just finished season 38. Like, I've been watching them out of order, too. Okay, I, I was like, that's place. a lot of seasons. <laughs> no, no, no. We, I think we started with, like, 17. We looked like, what are the best seasons to watch of Survivor? And we've been going through that list. They've seen every single episode, like, ever. They've followed it since its inception. And so, anyway, now I am trying to find a way that I can get on Survivor because I think I would actually be semi good at it. You would be I just great at it. I just don't want to. So here's my dilemma. This is full disclosure moment. Okay. I want to get on the show and I think I could use the pastor card to get me on the show. That's a good buy-in. Okay. One hundred. One hundred. However, I then have to be a Christian the whole time I'm there. <laughs> I don't know how that's gonna work because I am a broken, messed up person. And when they get me in the woods asking me if I don't like so and so, like I'm gonna tell them, and I'm I'm gonna <laughs> disgrace all Christians everywhere. So it's a real. I'm not kidding. This is an actual battle that I am going. Through that's when you. Heart. That's when you just pull out verses about like how grace is more. You've been forgiven of much. Like you just go into all the. When I go on the sh- on the show, I'm just gonna have a shirt that says "Grace is more." But anyway, so just be looking out for my- me on Survivor. I'm gonna be applying. I'm not kidding. This is like a thing I'm actually considering. I think that I would actually like really love Survivor as well. I need to start binging them. Uh, they're very good. The drama is top notch. Kitty cat. Okay. Um, I think so. I've already binged it, but I feel like it's binge worthy. Is the Selling Sunset series on Netflix also good? Mm-hmm. Also good. If you've not done it, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, and then, of course, so every fall for the last like three years, I've started watching the Harry Potter movies. Yes, Queen like the first week of September since there's eight movies. So it's mm-hmm. eight weeks till Halloween. And it's just like a really fun way of like welcoming in fall. So wow, I have freaked up and not doing that, but I will start. Binge city with Harry Potter. That's I'm, I'm actually um, loving all of your answers because I've binged all those as well, except Survivor <laughs> until now. Um, but gonna my, that, yeah. I'm going to actually answer this question, even though I never answer the last questions because <laughs> I need you to know that I am also binging Big Brother, which I have done every summer for my whole life, or since it was. <laughs> um, and then I'm also binging, Michael and I are watching all of the Marvel movies in order right now. So we've watched mm. 13 of like 28 or something, I don't know, some, some high number in the 20s, Marvel movies. And I thought I knew superheroes and I like superheroes, but now I, love superheroes 
I keep thinking. Oh, you're going to say, I am a superhero. The thing about Marvel movies is these Avengers, a lot of them created their superpowers. So I have thought, what could I create to make me an Avenger? You know? Yeah. Okay. Did you have you come up with anything? No, not one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be praying about that. We'll be interceding for you to find your not spiritual gifts, but superpower gift. My yes and like I, yes, I have a spiritual gift. Right, right. You can have a spiritual gift and a superpower. One hundred percent. Both okay. can exist at the same time. <laughs> Next question is um, what is something in this crap of a year that you are looking forward to in the rest of 2020? Like an event or a holiday? <laughs> um, I would say I actually have a really fun trip coming up, not this weekend, but the following weekend. Me and a few of my friends are going to Charlotte to the Whitewater Center and we're gonna go like rafting and doing all this kind of stuff but it's the first sunday that i have i have taken off since joint like working at a church i've never taken a sunday off unless like except during covid when we didn't have to go into the building so this is like the first time that i'm not going to be at church on a sunday and i'm really looking forward to like just Letting being go. a normal human for a sunday so that's really that's really big for you mm -hmm. Precious. Mm -hmm. i know Cat? No, the end of the year. The start of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really I'm looking forward not this to this to not be the year we're in anymore. What? I said I'm really looking forward for this year to not be the year I'm in anymore. Not be the year that we're currently living. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was one of the best answers, if not the best, to that question I've ever heard. I'm looking forward to the uh. end. Of the year. <laughs> Okay, not nice. for any particular reason, but just for the fact that it's over. Yeah, correct. Because <laughs> maybe we'll have a second, we'll have an, another shot at a year. <laughs> I'm here for it. Okay, what is something that y'all love about yourselves? <sighs> mm. Trying to think of a different answer from the one I gave before. Like physically or like spiritually or just anything? Literally anything. Yes and honey. Yes, yes and. and honey. <laughs> Um, I really love having bright blonde hair now. Yeah, you do. <laughs> because I have pretty medium to dark brown hair. And when I turned 30, I was like, why the not? And so I went on the process of becoming fully blonde and I love it. It's so fun. She's, she's officially made it y'all. And she looks like Katy Perry in the flood. It's so good. Yeah. I mean, it's so I'm fun. if you've never done it, just do it. Drooling. Doesn't matter where your complexion is, you'll figure it out. You can cover that with makeup, whatever. <laughs> Just bleach your hair or do a different color. Yeah, do some. It's fun. Lizard ride on the hair train and say that I love my hair too. It's curly and big. It's probably the longest it's been. I cannot tell you the last time I got a haircut. You so have the most beautiful hair of all hair. Oh, thank you. It's not cute right now, but it's fine. I'm trying to think of an example of how long my hair is. And I keep thinking of Joe from Survivor, but you guys wouldn't get that reference. But <laughs> for any of our listeners out there, um, he has really big hair. And that's basically me too. Or Brandon Lake, for all our Christian music art listeners out there, I have Brandon Lake-like hair. Um, or you can just follow me at Liz Brantley and you can see <laughs> my hair. <laughs> shameless plug, shameless plug. 
I also like how shameless you said shameless plug. You said Brandon Lake for all you Christian listeners, and I was thinking I'm a Christian. I have no idea who that is. <laughs> I said Christian music listeners. I had to specify that. Thank you. Um, okay, last question. You love in. You got to answer these questions with us. Oh wow! Yeah, is- wow. Um. Um, I am loving right now my resilience. I feel like, well, Liz just put sunglasses on. You can't see her, but we can. So there's, there's that. I actually heard this answer from Jaren A when she was a guest on Mm -hmm. our podcast. This was her answer. And it really has stuck with me ever since I have been contemplating since then everything that I've been through and everything that women go through, women are just the most resilient creatures on the planet. Like we just get through stuff. And I feel like right now I'm in a season of just getting through stuff and I'm resilient. I'm surviving. Mm -hmm. That's great. I don't really have that great of hair, but it is getting longer. So I'm cool with that. It is getting longer. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Last question. If you could tell women one thing today, just something besides everything we've talked about, one little nugget of truth, what would you leave them with? I would say you don't have to have a bajillion friends, but if you can find some solid people to go through life with, you can get through anything. And I think so many times we think that it's quantity and not quality but from someone who has had a lot of people in their life, I would much rather have good quality, few people than have thousands of not great people. And so don't think that your value is found in the amount of Instagram followers that you have or the amount of people that like your post. If you can have some true ride or dies in your tribe, you will find that you not only have an inner strength, but you have a strength in those numbers, even though the numbers may not be many. So good. Thank you. I would say you're stronger than you think, but you don't have to be strong all the time. That's good. I'm just gonna, hold on, let me pick my mic up and then just drop it on the floor. (laughs) Stronger than you think, and you don't have to be strong all the time. It's not a matter, you know, I think we look at each other and say like, oh, she's so strong or whatever. And it's like, that strength was often built from a deep place of weakness or pain, um, suffering and so on. And our willingness to engage that pain and suffering is evidence of our strength. Right. I heard someone say, which I've heard before, but it hit me in another way. Like your vulnerability isn't weakness. Your vulnerability is strength. So just because you feel weak, you expressing that you're weak is strong. So I think we've all cried on the bathroom floor. So, and we're all strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two coexisting that. truths. <laughs> um, well, I love you guys. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today and every day in our group tech. Oh, you're Thanks. so welcome. Big three for life. Um, listeners, where tell our listeners real quick where they can follow you if they want to. Even though Liz already plugged well, I already did my first shameless plug. You can follow me at Liz Brantley, or you can follow if you're interested in the ministry opportunities that we do um, at Ignite Church 252 and ECU Fuse. Precious. Kitty cat? You can. I'm never on Instagram, so. (laughs) (laughs) So you'll never at me. 
She has one. She's just not very active. So you can just yeah. follow her through the pictures. I mean, that's the same. Yeah, you can follow me through the pictures or send me an owl or something. Yeah. All right. Well, I love you guys so much. And listeners, I love you too. We will talk to you Whoa. next week.